What's good, family? It's your boy Elgin Bailey, aka Big L, here with another episode of the Page Turners podcast. Each season, we select a text to read, discuss, critique, and to apply to our lives with the intent of changing the current state of predominantly black schools, neighborhoods, black families, and black lives in general. I've switched it up a little bit. I've been gone for a minute, uh, just dealing with life, man. Uh, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. It's been stressful. Uh, it's been difficult seeing all of the continued man, the continued black death in a multitude of forms and fashions um, in so many different di- damn directions, man. And I can run down a list of names of people who have been murdered at the hands of the state. Uh, but I just don't want to do that today. Uh, it's too it's too heavy. That's not me uh, not wanting to acknowledge our people. Because if you know me, you know I have. You know I've been out in the streets rallying, fighting, building, organizing uh, on behalf of black folks across the diaspora. Uh, it's heavy, man. It's real, real heavy. But I decided to switch it up. You know, last season I was doing Matthew Desmond's Evicted. Uh, I didn't finish that because there's a couple of books that have come out that have really, really had a profound impact on me. And I believe they are necessary for what we are seeing currently. Uh, And so I'm going to attempt to do two books I'm going to attempt to do Uh, we'll see the good thing is that neither one of these texts are uh, long in length but they are meaty in information and both of these books have given birth to more books Uh, I love books with good citations uh, pointing you to more information I appreciate it. This book that we are doing today with this particular episode is going to be by Dr. Jarrett A. Ball. This book is The Myth and Propaganda of Black Buying Power. This book right here is highly recommended, highly, highly recommended. But before I dig into more about the book and you know i don't like to waste a whole lot of time i like to dig right in uh, i know you guys don't tune in the podcast and thing to listen to the host pontificate and just ramble and i ain't about that shit either so let me give dr ball his flowers because he deserves it for the work he has done and continues to do his bio reads jared a ball is a father and a husband 
After that, he is a professor of communication and Africana, Africana studies at Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland, and is the founder curator of imixwhatilike.org, a multimedia hub of emancipatory journalism and revolutionary beat reporting. Ball is also the author of this text, The Myth and Propaganda of Black Buying Power. Now, I can spend a whole lot of time digging into this text to give you an idea of what it's about and all those things. But I'm not going to waste your fucking time, man. Uh, We're going to dig right into it. The great thing about books is that they have a preface uh, and an introduction where both of those areas give you the necessary information that you need to understand what the fuck the book is about. Now, for you guys who tuned in for this the first time, uh, just to know, I do cuss. Uh, I don't have a problem with profanity. Uh, it's a descriptive word that I use to describe shit. Now, every other sentence won't be profanity, but I don't want you to be sidetracked or blown away when you hear me cuss up on this joint either. Uh, But again, my name is Elgin Bailey, your host of the Page Turners. Let's dig right into Dr. Jared A. Balls, The Myth and Propaganda of Black Buying Power. This book can certainly be taken at face value and read specifically for its most immediate purpose, a criticism of black buying power as a propagated myth which has nothing to do with any actual economic, political, or social reality. This book indeed demonstrates black buying power to be a concoction of a business and marketing class and propelled by a media force capable of evolving the myth to axiom. However, This book can also be read as a case study of our media environment, that of the United States, or an investigation into the political and social function of that media nationally, including their specific relationship to African America. Further still, this book can be read as an elicitation of the development, distribution, and the impact of propaganda or the ways in which new media technology the advent of the internet and social media have allowed traditional patterns of propagation, marketing, advertising, and even psychological warfare to flourish. Now, man, listen, the challenging, or not the challenging, the eye-opening thing about this text is that you're going to see that it educates you and opens your eyes on multiple fronts. It opened up my eyes specifically on the area of how propaganda works, uh, how we are so inundated with propaganda and how propaganda is such an important tool of the state to use against us in a variety of ways. But that black buying power, man, when you see and he breaks it down. All right, let me put my pom poms down. I'm going to continue. And I read, and finally, this book can be seen as a critique of commercial journalism, that of a mainstream white commercial press, but also the commercial black press, which is often correctly heralded as advancing the historical causes of black people, but equally as often ignored for their complicity in developing and propagating harmful economic mythology. 
<laughs> Woo. Listen, man. <laughs> yeah, I got ex- I get excited about reading this, man. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, just so you know. All right. Uh let me go ahead and continue because woo. In my more than one decade of tracking the myth of black buying power, I have compiled an overview of the rise and dissemination and to an extent the impact of the myth on its target audiences. This book is comprised of that work and thorough chart through charting press coverages of the myth and attended economic reality shows also how commercial journalism can mask material realities and in this case the persistence of black economic inequality. Said differently, Reading this book will help better understand how the U.S. economy works, who benefits, and how black collective economic stagnation and decline are confused by popular imagery and the limits of commercial journalism into being understood by many as progress or even power. What this book argues is that an initial concept of buying power developed by the developed by the US government and business elite to manage labor and product costs as well as a social unrest which often accompanies increases in inequality was taken by a mid 20th century emerging black business and media class and turned into a marketing tools to procure more corporate advertising dollars for black-owned and black-targeted media. From there, the myth has been propelled for decades by an implicit agreement primarily between a white and black business class whose interests merge in this instance to project a black material reality which has never existed. As is the case with the development of the current economic state of affairs, it is true of any change. Solutions to economic inequality are in public policies which determine how wealth is created and how that wealth is distributed. And I'm going to read that sentence one more damn time. Solutions to economic inequality are in public policies which determine how wealth is created and how that wealth is distributed. The popular claims that if black people would spend differently, the collective would be better off are the result of propagated myths which deny the role public policy plays in determining societal outcomes. Instead, Resulting from the myth is a tendency to ignore policy in favor of personal or community financial habits, a.k.a. get your damn bag, your individual bag. The underlying pernoxious of the claim then, specific in its application to black America, is that poverty or inequality at all is the result of bad decision making among the poor. How often do you hear folks say that? Anytime a new iPhone comes out or the new J's drop or tax returns pop the fuck off, people always want to point to those people who are buying those items saying that if they would just save their money, if they wouldn't waste all their money on those things, then they wouldn't be poor. And I tell those people to shut the hell up and develop a better class analysis 
and understanding on how poverty works before you levy those types of trash as accusations against your people. And I read, with the least powerful then blamed for their own poverty, little attention need be paid to the more difficult struggles around public policy, which are truly what determine the financial success of any community or group. For example, public policy, laws, regulation, and so on determine what immigrant communities are giving government incentives to develop businesses throughout the United States. Incentives not afforded to black Americans. However, rather than more easily and popularly repeated condemnations of or negative comparisons to various groups of Asians, Jews, Arabs, Latin Americans, and so on, more appropriate focus would be on the policies which support those these populations working endlessly in small corner stores, restaurants, cleaners, and so on to support many more unseen from countries where there is so much more inequality. Whew, man. This book right here, boy, it's killing it. And I read, rather than encourage more competition among the poorest communities, this book argues through its focus on buying power that more attention should be paid to policy targeting better redistribution of the tremendous annual gross domestic product, GDP, of the United States. Now, doubling back just a little bit, uh, where Dr. Ball mentions this particular portion. However, rather than the more easily and popularly repeated condemnations of or negative comparisons to various groups of Asians, Jews, Arabs, Latin Americans, and so on, one of the things that you often hear people refer to is look at what the Asians are doing. Look at what the Jews are doing. Look how they, you know, continue to work together and how they have been mildly successful. That comparison that we use, that other folks use, I ain't going to say I use that shit, that other folks use to condemn their own people for being in poverty. I just wanted to highlight that component. That's important. Okay. And I read. Many adherents to the myth are captured by the routine component claim that black buying power makes black America economically equivalent to the national economies of many countries by the by comparison with GDP. Now, that's one of the main arguments that you always hear that I heard for years how black buying power, that $1.4 trillion of black buying power that black folks have makes us richer or the equivalent of many of the country's incomes or economies. I've heard that from years. And to come to find out that that is all bullshit. And why? That's been taught to us, not just the who, but the why. And I read, this claim is also dispelled in what follows. However, as positive use is made of these consistent comparatives between black buying power and the GDP of other countries, 
if public policy was developed to better redistribute the GDP of the United States, which annually is now more than $20 trillion, there would likely be no poverty requiring mythological claims of buying power to overcome and no need to point at other con- communities as having anything to do with black poverty. Then let me read that joint just one more time for you. If public policy was developed to better redistribute the GDP of the United States, which annually is now more than $20 trillion, there would likely be no poverty requiring mythological claims of buying power to overcome and no need to point at other communities as having anything to do with black poverty. Damn it. Public policies targeting for redistributing redistributing the more than 20 trillion produced each year as opposed to arguments in favor of redistributing black dollars associated with shopping are needed if genuine changes to occur breaking the imposed collective adherence to buying power as a means of economic advance is essential to returning focus appropriately to the actual functioning of the economy and the role public policy plays above and beyond shopping habits and the notions of financial literacy and just so you guys know you're going to hear me say this a number of times throughout this damn podcast through this book i fucking hate the way people teach this financial literacy bullshit that people teach in our communities. This idea that if we would just be able to better manage our money, you know, because they didn't teach how to, you know, teach these young folks how to balance their checkbooks in, 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 in school no more. They took out home economics and wood shop and metal shop and all that type of shit. The idea that if we would just manage our money better, we wouldn't be in poverty. The idea that if you don't have any money, but if you just manage that no money better, you see how stupid that shit sounds? Yeah. A brief note on meaning. The phrase buying power will be used throughout without quotations, though this should not be taken ever to mean that it is an accepted reality by the author. Similarly, though, I understand that within the field of economics, there are some who draw distinctions between buying power and purchasing power. The two phrases, along with spending power, will be used interchangeably as in the context discussed here, and they have historically and still always carried the same meaning, both in terms of the use by purveyors or among those who most promulgate the concept, quote-unquote, myths, as well as among those who accept or debate their realities. Similarly, I capitalize black and white as proper pronoun pronoun identifiers black african-american and african-america are all used here synonymously and all represent as does white operable identifiers beyond objective descriptions and therefore are capitalized further by black african-american and african-america i simply mean those considered as such by identity as well as considered in such for purposes of U.S. Census marketing and economic data. Woo, ladies and gentlemen, that right there was just 
Is it preface or preface? I don't give a shit. It's the thing that's before the introduction. We have dug in to Dr. Jared A. Balls. <laughs> it's not Balls, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. It's Jared A. Ball. Dr. Jared A. Balls. <laughs> Myth and Propaganda of Black Buying Power for this episode of the page turners with your boy big l aka elgin bailey uh i am incredibly excited uh about this season of the page turners and again i want you guys to check out more of dr ball's work you can go over to imixwithilike.org you can check out what Dr. Ball has put together, him and quite a few others, what they put over together over on YouTube, this great black power media platform that you want to check out as often as possible uh, with the Boom Bap Morning Show, uh, the Remix Morning Show, Dr. CBS, Renegade Culture. Uh, it's, it's so much fire shit happening over there. I just encourage you guys to take a listen, man, and pay attention, join, become a patron, all that type of shit. Support black radical media. Again, it's your boy Big L with another episode of The Page Turners. Till next time, I'm out. Peace.